Joe Biden has now been president for just about four and a half days. And already we're seeing a whole lot of regret from people who voted for Joe Biden. You see, some people thought Joe Biden was going to get them a check for $2,000. Turns out it was $1,400. You see, they already got $600. He's going to give them $1,400 more. Then he left us. We're like, no, 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 no. We thought we were getting plus $2,000. Sorry, not going to happen. Many people thought they were going to get a $15 minimum wage, and they didn't. Joe Biden just signed a pledge to explore giving federal workers a raise to $15 an hour. More importantly, and this one bewilders me, Pipefitters Union and many people working in petroleum are shocked to discover that Joe Biden is going to put a moratorium on new fracking on federal lands, and he's terminated the Keystone Pipeline, destroying tens of thousands of jobs, and they're shocked by this. But many people are acting as though Joe Biden lied about all of this. I'm seeing a lot of posts from the right where they're like, the media claimed Joe Biden wouldn't ban fracking. Joe Biden has been completely clear. As, as far as I can tell, looking back at the at the previous stories as to what he was going to do and what he did. Stories going way back talk about Joe Biden wanting to cancel the Keystone Pipeline permits, which he did. And they talk about Joe Biden saying, no, he's not going to ban fracking. He's going to ban fracking on federal lands, which he did. In fact, it's not even a hard ban. He's basically saying that you have to go through specific individuals, which is very hard to do if you want new permits to frack on specific land. Now, many on the right are claiming that this is a more general, broad fracking ban. And I, I, I think there's a little nuance to break down here. What many on the, on, on the right thought when, when the media said Joe Biden will not ban fracking, they thought he meant period. But the stories actually break it down. He was going to ban some fracking, not all. You see how they play this semantic game? The funny thing about it is it doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right, what your opinion is. What, what's funny is that you even have, I believe it's Politico or, or some, one news outlet saying that the Pipefitters Union supported Biden even though he was going to cancel the Keystone Pipeline and put a ban on certain fracking. They knew it. They reported it. These people still endorsed the man. And now they're coming out with statements being like, I can't believe Joe Biden would do this. He told you exactly what he was going to do. See, it's not about misconceptions. It's not about media lies. It's about Joe Biden doing exactly what he said he was going to do and people being shocked by it. Now, I guess to a certain degree, there are some things people on the left, the far left thought he was going to do, which he's not doing. He's not so far pushed for a federal $15 minimum for everyone, even though that was claimed. And people thought they were going to get 2000 bucks. They're not. Another thing he did was he put a freeze on Donald Trump's executive order pertaining to discount medicine prices for insulin and EpiPens. He's frozen that, which means people are not going to be getting discount drugs. It might not actually work. It may not have worked in the first place, but Biden's freezing it now. So a lot of people are going, wait, what? That was one of the things we liked that Trump did. My friends, listen, if you thought that Joe Biden was going to come in and save you, you were wrong. It's something we've been saying the entire time. And if you're on the right, and you thought Joe Biden was going to come in and do half the things he claimed he did. You were probably wrong as well. But to be fair, he is doing half of the other things he said he was going to do. It seems like the left is getting the far left is getting a bit of the shaft. But still, I guess the environmentalists like the Keystone thing. So he's kind of screwing over everybody just a little bit. Hey, surprise, surprise. Many progressives said Joe Biden was going to be the corporatist progressive. So it's per it makes perfect sense what he's doing. Shutting down Keystone is surprising. He's throwing a bone to the far left, I guess. That one's confusing. But the, the, the drug prices thing, not giving people a stimulus, that, well, can I say that that's completely predictable. 
So look, we got a bit of a mixed bag here, to be completely fair. And, you know, there's nuance in all things. So let's run through this and break down exactly what everyone's upset about. And basically everyone is upset. And I'll tell you, the one big, you know, slap in the face is that there are people who knew Joe Biden was was anti-fracking and anti-fossil fuels. They and they voted for him anyway. And now they have the nerve to be like, oh, no, our jobs. But these unions endorsed the man. Makes no sense to me. Let's read the news before we do. Head over to TimCast.com if you would like to become a member and get access to members only content, more positive stuff and uncensored conversations. The purge is happening. A lot of people are getting banned. And if you want to make sure that our work can continue here at TimCast, TimCast IRL, becoming a member is the best way to do that. Plus, we've got a bunch of bonus content, the latest of which is, as you can see here, Alex Jones waking up Luke Rydkowski, who is rather perturbed by Jones just barging into the RV. And it's just fun. It's not political. It's just behind the scenes stuff. And we also have a bunch of other content where we talk about things that YouTube pretty much frowns upon. So look, What we're trying to do is build a user base so that we can't get banned. I know a lot of people want me to produce more and more and more content to break down the news because, uh, well, I believe it's true and many do as well that I, that that I tend to be fair as possible when it comes to these stories, but I can't do everything all the time and we have to balance things out. So we're trying to create new stuff, challenge the system, and we need your help to do it. Timcast.com, become a member, but don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Let's read the news from Fox 40. $2,000 does not mean $1,400. Some Democrats criticize Biden's stimulus checks amount. You see, this is this one's really, really simple. Everyone already got 600 bucks. So Biden says, nah, give him the other 1400. But you see, when it comes to the left, they want more and more and more. I think this is a good example of the fact that when they say they want to increase, you know, base pay to $15 for for everybody, a federal minimum wage, you know, they really want 20, 30, 40. There's no end to this. What Joe Biden is doing, in my opinion, actually fair. He said 2000. They gave everyone 600. So he's like, I'll make sure they get the 2000. No, people want 2600 now. You see how that works? You give them an inch and they will take a mile. But this isn't the biggest story in the world. Some people don't care. A lot of, a lot of progressives are upset about this. But take a look at this. Here's a story from the LA Times. Trump utterly failed to cut drug prices. Here's how Biden could do better. Okay. They say he's a sort of sour welcome for the Biden administration and a final slap in the face for Trump. America's drug companies jacked up prices on hundreds of prescription drugs, including some of their top sellers at the very start of this year. Market analysts say the median price hike was 4.8%. Take a look at this photo of, I guess it's doctors high-fiving. There's a high-five back there and Trump signs the executive order and it says, flanked by supporters in lab coats, President Trump signs executive orders on lowering drug prices in July 2020 but he never managed to actually implement price reductions. That's the important point. A lot of people are claiming that Trump did it and Biden reversed it. In actuality, Trump tried to do it and Biden is trying to prevent it from taking place. So no, the prices haven't dropped just yet. But here's the latest from Bloomberg Law. Biden's HHS freezes Trump insulin and epinephrine rule until March. Epinephrine, for those that aren't familiar, is EpiPens. So it's a it's a it's a uh, adrenaline analog. So if you're having an anaphylactic reaction, you're having allergic reaction, you're going to die. They give you this thing, this auto injector, and then it saves your life. They say the HHS Thursday froze the former Trump administration's December drug policy that requires community health centers to pass on all their insulin and epinephrine discount savings to patients. So this is different from the one I previously read. This one came from December. Centers that don't pass on the savings wouldn't qualify for federal grants. The rule, which was finalized in late December, 
is delayed until March 22nd, the Department of Health and Human Services said in a Federal Register post. The freeze is part of the Biden administration's large scale effort announced this week that will scrutinize Trump administration's health uh, administration's health policies. Interestingly, I hear from a lot of establishment lefties that they're fine with this. But I see from a lot of people who actually rely on insulin and EpiPens being like, no, this is bad. Even if the price wasn't yet reduced, we were hoping it was going to come into effect. Why would Biden do this? It's tribal politics. I think Biden's all about supporting those who, you know, who supported him. But clearly that's well, I I think I I think it's fair to say to a certain degree, because clearly it's not the case with the Keystone Pipeline. What did these people think? Did they think that by voting for Biden, he would change his mind on fracking and the Keystone Pipeline? Did they think that he was only saying these things to pander to woke lefties, environmentalists? Dude, the dude offered you a, 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 a bill of goods and you bought it. And now you're complaining. That's what you got. I don't understand the rule change on this other than Biden probably supporting massive pharmaceutical companies, or maybe he genuinely thinks it's bad to have cheaper goods or that executive authority shouldn't be allowed to do it. I don't know if it was just about him being corrupt and wanting to make money. Why would he shut down Keystone XL unless it's more about ideology? Some things, well, climate change, for instance, the Democrats are much more invested in than, say, pharmaceuticals, which makes them tons of money. Take a look at this article from October 9th. This is from the American Petroleum Institute. Quote, Joe Biden will not ban fracking. Kamala Harris says Joe Biden will not ban fracking. That is a fact. I think the big issue with this story is that Joe Biden never said that they were going to leave fracking alone completely. This statement, Joe Biden will not ban fracking, was taken as a direct and general statement that he wouldn't ban all fracking. When in reality, it's been clear even to the American Petroleum Institute that he would not allow fracking on federal lands. In this article from Mark Green, they actually have a quote. It's not enough to say that you are against banning fracking when you, on the other hand, say you will restrict development of oil and gas on federal lands. They do mention that there are past statements saying past anti-industry statements from Biden and Harris may suggest that a Biden administration could still restrict natural gas and oil development using the means above or even do an about face from their no fracking ban position. It was well understood that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris had repeatedly said no new fracking. They had said we're going to get rid of it and all of these things. So when Trump called him out and the media claimed Trump was lying, they were wrong. Biden had literally said this and Trump called him out for it. But in terms of what Biden actually stated, okay, Biden did say we won't ban fracking. We will ban fracking on on federal land, new fracking, and we'll shut down Keystone. From his own mouth, people voted for him. Take a look at this from Politico. But this is, what, what's, let's, let's, uh, let's get the date on this one. This is from 8-18-2020. And they say Biden gets pipe-fitting union backing. President Trump may be pitching oil and gas growth as part of his re-election bid and decrying Kamala Harris's anti-fracking, but at least one pipeliner's union has decided to back this Democratic challenger. Biden won the endorsement of the United Association of Union Plumbers and Pipefitters on Monday. 359,000 members spanning sprinkler fitters, pipeliners and plumbers. Despite Biden's own pledge to block the Keystone XL pipeline that the union continues to support. In fact, UA earlier this month said it was ready to get to work on the stalled project after reaching a project labor agreement with the developer TC Energy and three other U.S. labor unions. It's remarkable. Now we have this oil industry reels as Biden targets fossil fuels in first days. What did you think was going to happen? Okay, look, 
Maybe Joe Biden will use according. Uh, so the, the American Petroleum Institute says maybe he'll use regulatory red tape and other tax, you know, programs to make it really hard to do f- fracking, right? Or fossil fuel exploration in general or new permits. That's how they can say they won't ban it. It's a trick. We're not going to ban it. Also, if you want a permit, it costs a million bucks. And then when no one can pay for it, I mean, they probably could pay for a million bucks. But you get the point. They put restrictive barriers in place to, so that it's still technically legal, but almost impossible to actually accomplish. But come on, the dude said he was going to get rid of Keystone. He did. How could you complain about this? Take a look at this, this story we got here from Como News. Labor unions criticize Biden against Keystone XL pipeline. President Joe Biden won an estimated 57% of union households across America in last year's election. But one of his earliest actions in the White House on Wednesday, uh, uh, a flurry of criticism, set a flurry of criticism from leading labor groups, his executive order revoking federal permitting for the long delayed Keystone XL pipeline project. Here we go. The uh, quote, Sadly, the Biden administration has now put thousands of union workers out of work, lamented the United Association of Union Plumbers and Pipefitters. Hey, that sounds familiar. The United Association of Union Plumbers and Pipefitters endorsed the man. (laughs) So please spare me your fake outrage. You know what my opinion is on all this? I think the labor union sold out their members. That's it. They knew exactly what Joe Biden wanted to do, and they supported and endorsed him. And I'm sure many of these union members didn't actually like the guy. But guess what? They sold you out. They knew Biden wanted to shut this down. Now, look, there's a, there's, there's a statement being put out by many of these unions about the Keystone Pipeline, and there's real arguments that need to be had. You see, the left just says, don't do it. Oil pipelines are bad. OK, well, then what? Freight? Truckers? Is that better? That produces more gas. Now, some people say, but the Keystone Pipeline leaks. OK, well, we, look, I think it's simple. We need to have a conversation about the amount of damage caused by pipeline leaks because human error and the emissions produced by tankers and freight and the damage caused by that. And maybe whether or not we should be reducing these projects in the future and focusing on other energies. I'm totally down for that conversation. The argument from these unions is that they are pro-energy, pro-natural gas and pro-safety, but also that it is actually greener. It reduces emissions to transport oil by pipeline instead of by truck or freight train. Maybe that's the case. Maybe then we're talking about weaning ourselves out of this dependency and the pipeline does make sense. Many leftist groups says it was simply a Native American issue, that it was spiritual lands, you know, sacred burial grounds, and they shouldn't be allowed to build there. That doesn't seem like I'll take that into consideration, no doubt. But it doesn't seem to actually work into the real arguments about why we're doing this. If the argument is actually for renewable energies, it seems like they're just saying that as an emotional push to try and get people to agree with them. Long story short, look, I'm not a big fan of oil pipelines. I'll be completely honest. I understand the arguments and I'm willing to have a conversation. I don't have particularly strong opinions one way or the other, but I do prefer renewable energies and would love to see nuclear, perhaps. I don't know if this is the right or wrong thing to do in terms of like building more pipelines, but maybe the answer is no new permits on new pipelines or honestly, a better national debate on the issue. Look, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert enough on this to give you an opinion. The left will tell you they're right. The right will tell you they're, they're right. And I'll do what I typically always do and say, don't look to me for your political answers to everything. I don't know. What I can tell you is if you are in this union that is supposed to be supporting the members and you knew Biden was going to do this, don't come to me complaining that he killed all these jobs. And I'll, I'll throw it out there for the right as well. 
Many people are acting surprised by this as though this was a betrayal to the union. No, the union knew he was going to do this. They're complaining now, and I find it to be completely disingenuous. I think they're just saying this so that their union members think they're on their side. I'm not a big fan of unions. I'm a big fan of collective bargaining. But I think the union leaders probably knew what they were doing, and they're safe. They don't care about you, and that's why I've never been a big fan. They sold you out, and now they're pretending to care about you. Welcome to politics. That's the reality of this. My favorite, however, is Justin Trudeau. Really? Canada's Trudeau is disappointed with Biden order to cancel Keystone Pipeline. Oh, okay, Trudeau. Come on, man. You're, you're, you're far lefty. Your country is particularly far left. But that's right. A lot of jobs in Canada are now being lost because Keystone went into Canada as well. You, you get what you deserve. You reap what you sow. Am I supposed to defend you now when you were in favor of this? When the left and these unions were supporting this? Right now, progressives are cheering for the move, saying Biden kept his promise, and they're happy that it's being shut down. These union workers should have realized that Biden is not on the side of the working class. Hillary Clinton said she wanted to shut down coal production. They're telling you to your face. I feel bad for these people who voted for Biden. And you know what? I'm seeing a lot of people who are mocking the Biden voters for regretting their decision, be it progressive or moderate traditional liberal. I won't do that. You know what I'll say? I'll say, now do you understand? I'm sorry they did this to you. I tried to warn you, but I know you you did what you thought was best. Welcome to the fight. I got no beef with those who voted for Biden because they were tricked. I got beef with those that were tricking people into doing it. Namely, that the leaders of these unions who knew he was going to do this and still supported him. And I'm sure there are many union members who are freaking out like, what are you doing? And now they're pretending to be shocked by this? Spare me. These are the elites that lie and manipulate the working class for power. I don't care if it's the right or the left. When you manipulate good, honest working people who just want to get by, you are the bad guy, not the dude who was tricked into casting that ballot. I'm disappointed in those people for sure. But look, here you go. Let me read this. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he's disappointed at Joe Biden's decision to cancel Keystone XL. The president made revoking the permits of the controversial energy project by executive order one of his first actions in the White House. Mr. Trudeau expressed his frustration with the cancellation of the pipeline, according to a readout of the president's first call with the leader. Uh, Trudeau said, I'm sorry, the prime minister, quote, raised Canada's disappointment with the U.S. decision on Keystone Pipeline. The prime minister underscored the important economic and energy security benefits of our bilateral energy relationship as well as his support for energy workers. Quote, the prime minister and president reiterated the urgent need for ambitious action on climate change, reaffirmed their commitment to the Paris Agreement, and agreed to work together on net zero emissions, zero emission vehicles, cross-border clean electricity transmission, and the Arctic. Trudeau has been a strong supporter of the $8 billion plan to carry around 830,000 barrels of crude uh, daily from Canada to Nebraska, 830,000 uh, barrels of crude oil. No country would find 173 billion barrels of oil in the ground and just leave them there. The resource will be developed. Our job is to ensure that it is done responsibly, safely and sustainable, he said back in 2017. Obama had rejected the pipeline, but it was given the green light under the Trump administration, despite objections from environmentalists and Native American communities. The Biden administration says that the repeal of the pipeline's permit is among the critical first step to address the climate crisis, create good union jobs and advance environmental justice while reversing the previous administration's harmful policies. The U.S. federal government was sued last year by two Native American communities amid claims they were not consulted about the pipeline crossing tribal lands. Joe Biden was clear 
in May, on May 18th, 2020, Biden would yank Keystone XL permit. It was no secret. Anybody who's just finding this out right now, I feel very, very bad for you. Over at the AP fact check from October 13, Trump falsifies Biden's stance on fracking. They say, Trump, quote, one of the most important issues for Pennsylvania is the survival of your fracking industry. Biden has repeatedly pledged to abolish fracking. He's a liar. He's a liar. Now, full stop. Biden did. Numerous times he told people he was going to do this. But these were these were the instances where Biden thought he was going to get away with it. Someone walks up to him and says, will you ban fracking? Oh, yes, honey, we're going to do it. He said many things like that publicly and overtly. However, Politico says, you know, he was very much in favor of banning fracking on federal lands. And now there's a moratorium on new fracking, which is shocking these people. Biden may still ban fracking. I'm just saying right now, there's the things you need to consider. Just because Biden hasn't pushed a $15 minimum wage across the board doesn't mean he won't. Just because he froze Trump's policy on epinephrine and insulin doesn't mean he won't try to reduce drug prices. Just, but he did literally shut down Keystone XL. This AP article goes on to mention that he's, he, he will ban fracking on federal lands, as I've already showed you, which is why I bring you now to the next one. New Mexico officials taken aback by Biden assault on oil and gas. Oh, oh, just get out of here, man. I don't want to hear it. Okay. New Mexico, you had overwhelmingly supported uh, uh, Joe Biden. So you think I'm going to come here and now be surprised, you know, or, or concerned? About, no, 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 no. You, you were all given your opportunity to know what you were voting for and you voted for it. Now we have the Ute Indian tribe. And I bring this one up because we heard about Keystone XL and we heard Native Americans were upset. So Obama wanted to pull the permits and Trump pushed it forward. Megan Barnett Bloomgren reports that the Ute Indian tribe does not mince words in their response to Interior's order restricting federal energy development. Your order is a direct attack on our economy, sovereignty and our right to self-determination. Why you see Native American land is considered federal land, which means you can't do fracking on their land with this new executive order. So which Native American tribes do we support? Are we supposed to be upset about the, the white supremacy or privilege in Keystone, but then ignore what the Ute Indian tribe actually wants? Look, man, news, uh, you often get grifters on the, on the left and the right who want to tell you one side of things to, because they want, they want to push what they think you want to hear, hoping they're going to get clicks and traffic. I look at my video title for this one, you know, groups that endorse Biden, it's backfiring on them. And that, I think that's fair to say. I don't think it's as simple as many people have put it, or, or I should say Twitter makes it really hard to give you the nuance of the situation. Is it black and white? Absolutely not. Joe Biden has done some things that have angered progressives and angered moderates. But Joe Biden has done some things that, you know, many progressives like. They like that he banned Keystone. The issue is that the Democratic base, the votes they got came from all across the board. It's what doesn't really work here. They were trying to find a coalition and they found one. We hate Donald Trump. That's their coalition, which meant you had progressives who wanted Keystone banned and union workers who didn't want it banned. All that really matters is if you supported Biden knowing he would betray you or, you, or I'm, then I'm sorry, that's your own fault. And if you didn't know you were being manipulated, well, then I feel bad for you. The progressives thought they were going to get a $2,000 check. Sorry, it's only 1400 The union workers thought he would turn around and support them. Surprise, surprise. He's carrying through with what he said. He's trying to pander to everybody. And that's what happens. It's, it's you know, look, you're not going to get a perfect reality on this one. I can point out some other hypocrisy, though. How about we do that? From Joe Biden, a wall will stop, will not stop the coronavirus. Banning all travel from Europe or any part of the world will not stop it. This disease could impact every nation and any person on the planet. And we need a plan to combat it, says Joe Biden, March 12, 2020. 
Did he have a change of heart? No. Biden to implement. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Biden to implement. <laughs> Biden to implement travel restrictions to combat new coronavirus variants. OK. A year ago, he said it wouldn't work. Now he's saying it will. All right, fine. If he realized he made a mistake, then sure. The reality is, I think that Joe Biden was just trying to be anti-Trump. That's really all that matters. Joe Biden repeatedly said Trump has no plan. And if, if you know, the left kept saying if Joe Biden was president, things would be different. I'm sorry, that's just not true. OK, here's a statement from, uh, uh, you know, the White House, the actual White House. He goes on to say, the American Rescue Plan addresses the growing housing crisis in America. Approximately 14 million Americans, 14 million have fallen behind on rent and many risk eviction. If we fail to act, there'll be a wave of evictions and foreclosures in the coming months as this pandemic rages on, because there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. Nothing you can do. I thought you had this plan. I thought you were going to do, you know, he did the mask mandate. That's not going to change the trajectory at all. We were all duped. It's the same game we see over and over again. When Trump first got into office, I was laughing too, because what did he do? One of the first things he did was a commando raid, which killed a little girl, an American little girl, mind you. So I was like, here we go. I I feel bad for anybody who thought they were getting into politics and they were going to get some fanciful utopian vision. Joe Biden, I hope he does something about the moratorium uh, uh, on evictions. I hope he extends it. I believe he may have done that. Now he's saying that he can't do anything. And oh, no. Yeah, right. Listen, politicians do this. They do this. The one thing I can say for Trump at the in his last year when COVID hit, I felt like he was doing the best he could, and we had no metric by which to judge what Trump was doing. I felt that Republicans and Trump's pushing back on critical race theory was very important. But the most important thing was, while Trump did a bunch of really bad stuff early in his in, in his first uh, few years pertaining to foreign policy, it started to turn around at the you know at the, in the last year. He upped drone strikes. That was bad, really bad. He tried to bring out peace in certain areas. That was good. The, the strikes on Ira- Iranian targets, I thought, was, was particularly bad. That one's disputed. Many on the right felt that it was a good thing, but I was worried it could bring us to- towards more war. More importantly, he tried getting our troops out of the Middle East, at least to a certain degree, and Syria. Far from perfect, but I'm willing to accept school choice, uh, opposing critical race theory, trying to get our troops out to the best of his abilities. And, you know, far from perfect. Far. But when Trump left, he didn't pardon Assange or Snowden, and it felt like a slap in the face. It felt like everything he did was just another establishment game. And there were a few good things that I can praise him for, and a lot of people really liked him. Sure. Border security, free trade agreements. Joe Biden is getting in now. And Joe Biden is carrying out the establishment plan. That's, that's, that's always been the name of the game. And what else can you expect? It's exactly what you should have realized was going to happen. And let me show you something here. This is a, uh, this is a kind of a last bit on this one. Another one of Biden's executive orders. Biden ends partial ban on transgender soldiers in U.S. military. This story is way overhyped, in my opinion. Trump didn't outright ban transgender soldiers. That's the leftist's manipulation. And Biden isn't lifting some hard ban and allowing, you know, uh, or I, sh- I should say that the, the, there was a partial ban. It's being lifted. It's more it's more nuanced than that. The reality is Donald Trump issued a ban on transgender soldiers uh, who required special accommodations. Let me read it. Say Trump's ban allowed transgender soldiers to serve as long as they did not require special accommodations, such as hormone therapy or gender reassignment surgery. A 2016 study by the Rand Corporation concluded that medical costs to the U.S. military for transgender related issues stood between 2.4 million and 8.4 million annually. 
The real issue was, was someone, was someone seeking to get their treatment paid for by the military? That was the core of the actual argument. So Trump wasn't saying if you're trans, you can't serve. He was saying if you're trying to get your treatment paid for through the U.S. government, then you can't. The actual concern from many people, and I'm not saying it's the absolute majority, was that there'd be people who would enlist for the sake of getting treatment because some of this treatment could leave you, you know, for months bedridden. I'm not trying to be disrespectful or, dis- or disparage anyone in any way. This is just one of the arguments put forward. There's a video from Shu on ahead. You know, you, you guys probably know who Shu is. She's a, a, a lefty anti-SJW commentator. And she said that, you know, Joe Biden was going to lift this ban so that we could all die in the Middle East equally. And I thought it was a good joke. It was a, it was a good point. Is that really what our concern is? Whether or not someone is allowed to go overseas and then fight in, in these foreign interventions? I think ultimately there's an, an argument to be made about getting special accommodations in terms of medical treatment. And Joe Biden lifting it doesn't change a whole lot. And I don't think it's that big of an issue, to be completely honest. I really don't care. You know, Joe Biden saying if you're fit to serve, I agree. Maybe there's a conversation then around someone who gets a medical treatment and then can't serve. And there, there might be a medical discharge there. It's as simple as that. But I have no, no, no concerns whatsoever about someone wanting to go and serve in the, in the armed forces. In fact, I don't care who you are, what your identity is, or what you believe. If you want to serve in the armed forces, I respect that 100%. Maybe there are some things we've got to debate and work out. But uh, I don't find it to be the biggest issue in the world. My friends, there are a lot of people who are going to try and play grifter. And that's kind of the, the, the crux of this. Look, a lot of lefties are happy with Biden. Um, not completely. They wanted more. And a lot of moderates are upset with him. And I'd say in, in the long run, what Biden has done more so would probably I would say Biden has done more things favorable to the far left, like the transgender lifting the ban, as well as banning Keystone. That is that is far left support. So when you had conservatives saying Joe Biden was going to go far left and push these policies, well, right now it sounds like they were more correct than the left who felt Joe Biden would be a corporate stooge. He's doing a little bit of that, too. But he banned Keystone. Look, it's been it's been four and a half days, just going on five days now. We will see how things play out with this president. And I'll call him out when I think he does some bad stuff. We're getting reports that there's troops being bolstered in the Middle East. A lot of people on the right are already saying he's he's, in, you know, ramping that up. The reality is we don't know for sure yet. According to the Jerusalem Post, he did not do that. So we have Syrian state TV saying U.S. convoys are coming in, and we have Israeli sources saying that's not true, or many are saying it's actually the same troops that are already there moving back and forth. We got to wait and see. If you want to be angry and you want to complain about Biden and you want to complain about the left or you want to complain about the right or whatever, you know, maybe maybe you'll find some of that here, but I'm just going to tell you what's going on. So if you want to support my work, go to TimCast.com. I'm sick of the anger. I'm sick of the negativity. I'll call Biden out when he does stuff. But I, I don't really have a strong opinion on the banning of, uh, uh, of the Keystone Pipeline. I just, I just don't. Because you could argue that it, it was a greener project because freight and cars are bad for transporting oil. And that's all it's going to do. Or you can argue that there was several dozen oil spills, I guess. And those are really, really bad as well. Not everything is not so cut and dry. I will say I am sick to my stomach of the of the either only it's good for the right or only it's good for the left, you know, or only bad for the left, only bad for the right. I'm sick of the people claiming Joe Biden just banned fracking when he didn't. He banned some fracking. I, I guess you just got to you got to you got to make sure you explain the context. So look, it is what it is, I guess. I'm going to I'm going to we're, we're going to work through this. OK, 
The next segment will be up at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL, and that will be at 8 p.m. tonight live. So check it out. Go to Timcast.com, become a member. We are upgrading the site. We are getting everybody's accounts fixed. If you're having problems, go to member, uh, email, ember, mem- email members at Timcast.com. Look, let me just put it this way. I want to make sure that the information you get allows you for a better understanding of the world. That's the best I can do. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm perfect at it. It doesn't mean I know everything, and it means I'll get some things wrong. But it means that I'm, I'm going to try to avoid the, the hyper-partisan nonsense. Right now, this means that the left typically doesn't like what I have to say because I call out the left. But now we're starting to see a little bit of the shift, and the right doesn't like what I have to say because, well, now I'm going to start pointing out the nuance in some of these things. But I think for the most part, as we've often seen, the left has been particularly irrational. I know, call me biased, but most moderate individuals and moderate right-leaning individuals are vocal and supportive. I'll leave it there. Uh, 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 next segment's going to be at 8 p.m. live, youtube.com slash IRL, and I will see you all then. Over the past weekend, a video went viral showing police officers ramming through a crowd of people, running some of them over. People were actually knocked out of the way. They may have only run over one person. I'm not entirely sure, but this has ignited massive riots across Tacoma. And the media is saying it's a protest, a protest in which windows are smashed and fires are set, a protest. You know, they could have called what happened at the Capitol a riot. They called it insurrection. They choose the most extreme, most extreme definition for those not on their side, I guess, and the lightest definition for those they support. Telling you this double standard is completely pointless. And this is really frustrating because at a certain point, what do you do? The media is just clearly lying about everything. Not necessarily everything, but they're framing everything in such a way to defend Antifa once again on Joe Biden's watch in Joe Biden's America. We are seeing massive crowds of black clad terrorists setting fires, smashing windows. Let me tell you this. I don't care. I don't. I don't live in Tacoma. And these people vote for this over and over again. And, you know, maybe this should have been a lesson I've known. I've, I learned a long time ago because they've all continued voting for it. But there's something special about the past couple of years. You see, we got a particularly big blast of Antifa in the past year with widespread violence, death threats, buildings being set on fire. They tried to, to, to torch a police building. I think this was in Seattle or it was Seattle or Portland. And they barricaded the front and back doors because they wanted to cook the people alive inside the officers. They are psychopathic terrorists. And then what happened? They voted for it again. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) at a certain point, who am I to judge? Am I going to come to your town and tell you what you must do? Look, man, if these people enjoy living in a city or a state, where roving bands of black clad terrorists try to murder people and literally did in Portland. Oh, well, who am I to judge? I don't live there. I didn't vote. And I honestly, I don't live in a big city anymore. I live out in the middle of nowhere. So I guess that was a lesson for me. When I lived in the Philly burbs, you know, that was it. It, 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 it was more impactful because I understood living in a city. I was in the suburbs. But I understood like, oh, man, I, I wouldn't want any of this. And if I lived here and was voting against it, I'd want some support at this point. You know, and, and forgive me if it's a bit selfish. I moved out of, of that area and uh, out to the middle of nowhere. 
And now I ha- I've, have, I- I've had none of these problems. Ain't no riots out here. Everybody gets along. Big open property. Go out, do your thing. For the most part, you can go out and live your life like normal. Go to the restaurant. Small businesses are all fairly, uh, pretty much open. Everything's been chill. And so a lot of the problems that even I've been complaining about or highlighting in the past year or so was really just urban centric. And the solution? Get away from the cities. I got more space now. You know, it's, it's fantastic. We go to the shooting range, we can go skateboarding, do whatever we want, mind our own, mind our own business. Kind of like it. Yeah, I grew up in the city, so maybe I just never had that perspective. But now I'm looking at these cities and I'm just thinking, well, if these people want Ted Wheeler, if they want Kate Brown, if they want Joe Biden, and under Joe Biden's America, nothing's getting done. Under Joe Biden's America, he's sending out federal authorities to beat and attack these people. Well, then they clearly like what they're doing. And that's why it's really crazy when people say stuff like, you know, peaceful divorce. And I don't mean crazy as in wrong. I mean, as in like, maybe that makes sense. It's weird, right? I don't want the country to break up. I don't, I don't like the idea. I like America. I like it for what it is. I like the fact that we disagree. But there is something radically different when you have people who live in a city and they're cheering for roving bands of people smashing and destroying everything. Well, then maybe, you know, what we want as people are radically different. And this leads us down a dark path unless we do have some kind of reform. You know, I I think peaceful divorce is interesting. People have brought that up, but maybe it jumps too far. Maybe there's something else just like, you know, I don't know, more state control of their laws or something, less federal authority to dictate what certain states can do and we can remain in the union. But look, if you don't like living in a city that does this, you have to leave. I know it's not easy. Not everybody has the money to do so, but sometimes you have to leave. I've I've mentioned it before, but think back to the colonial era when people in Europe were like, I can't be here. I would rather crash land on a barren shore and just build up my own cabin. And they did. That's crazy. Someone had to go there and start building stuff. There was nothing there. The pilgrims almost died because they had no food and they were saved by Native Americans. Hence the story of Thanksgiving. But look, let me let me let me read the story and, and and I'll mention one more thing. I've never lived in Pennsylvania. Just, I'm just going to say that right now as a, as, a, as, a, as a statement of fact. What people need to understand about New Jersey is that New Jersey is a great suburb for a couple different states, for Pennsylvania and for New York. OK, I've never lived in Pennsylvania, but the Philadelphia suburbs, there's a river and on the other side is New Jersey. I lived in New Jersey. New Jersey was awful. I left New Jersey. Here's the story. They say protests erupt overnight in Tacoma after officer drove into crowd. For those who woke up this morning feeling outrage, frustration, grief, heartbreak, or confusion, I understand and honor your feelings, the mayor said. The 58-year-old police officer who ran over at least one person and possibly struck others was placed on administrative leave, according to a statement released Sunday by the Tacoma Police Department. He had been with the department for nearly 30 years. They say, he was he was uh, this, this officer was seen driving into a crowd of demonstrators. That's not true. You see what they do when they lie. They want Antifa to get angry. They want them to go around smash. They want them to destroy everything. <laughs> I think they don't want you living in cities, to be completely honest. Look at New York. They've destroyed the economy. They put up barricades or on, on the checkpoints at the, at the uh, tunnels and the bridges. They don't want you there anymore. They don't. They're, they're, they're lying about what this group was. Oregon Live. Police officer plows through crowd at Tacoma. Street race. They're not demonstrating. They were street racing. It's a big difference, huh? Here's, here's the context. At least one person was injured after a police car plowed through a crowd of pedestrians. See, Oregon Live says pedestrians. 
who were watching a downtown street race. The incident happened just before 7 p.m. when a crowd of about 100 people watched several cars spinning in circles in downtown street. It's called doing donuts. A A police car arrived at the scene. Then it drove through the crowd after people tried to block the vehicle. Video posted on social media shows that the police car drives over something or somebody. Another video from the same scene and posted to Twitter appears to show the vehicle driving over a person on the ground. Tacoma police spokeswoman Wendy Haddow told the News Tribune that police were notified shortly before 7 p.m. Saturday of the street racers. Haddow said the officer used his car's bullhorn to address the crowd. The crowd then began pounding on his windows, she said. That prompted him to speed out of the scene for his own safety. One person sustained cuts in the collision and was taken to a nearby hospital. City manager Elizabeth Pauley told the newspaper that the officer involved will be placed on leave. Pauley said the Pierce County Force investigation team will handle the case. All right. What should this guy have done? We've spent a year watching people get their cars smashed up, set on fire in one instance. In, uh, in New York, they tried burning a, a police vehicle with cops inside of it. In the Pacific Northwest, they've tried murdering police. And here's a cop now surrounded by a large crowd of people. And he's like, nah, this one's on you. Hits the gas and peels out. Runs people over. Sorry, man. Play stupid games. You know, if, if you were going to surround a vehicle, a police officer, and then he flees the scene and you get hit. Why, why are you standing in front of a car? Do you understand the power of that? But take a look at what they do in the NBC. Demonstrators. They're now trying to push the narrative that the people who are surrounding the car were protesting police. They weren't. They were street. They're watching street racing and people doing donuts. They say in videos shared on social media, protesters. That's right. Protesters, not insurrectionists or rioters, protesters can be heard chanting, free them all and blocking roads as they march near the site where the incident occurred. Others can be seen overturning trash cans and lighting small fires while a few smashed office windows. One video appears to show an American flag burned outside the county's jailhouse. You know, I'm just, you reap what you sow, man. You get what you deserve. And I'm not saying that in, in, a, in a mean way. If I vote to have, uh, you know, a big, a big sign put up in front of my house that says, you know, Tim Pool lives here, or whatever, I vote for it. I want that in front of my house. Why would it, it's normal if I vote for the city to have a farmer's market and then a farmer's market appears, you get what you deserve. You vote for it. You get it. If you vote for something and then it happens, why am I going to complain about that? Now, I can say these people are dumb people in, in these in these cities, but who am I to judge? You know, I, just don't live there if you don't like it. It sounds simple, doesn't it? I know, again, not everybody can. But seriously, if you live in a place that keeps voting for this stuff at a certain point, I'm just going to be like, dude, look. I always tell people that actions speak louder than words, and most people claim to want things they don't want. This is this is just a, this is a, this is true. Okay, it's mostly true. It's not absolute. But I've heard throughout my 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 career people saying, "I really want to be a journalist. I want to travel the world, and I want to cover these stories." And I was like, "All right, here's what you do: buy a plane ticket. What's a big story right now? Okay, buy a plane ticket there. Go there. Film." Well, I can't do that. What do you mean you can't do that? You want you said you want to travel the world, right? Do you have the money? Well, yeah, but I mean, I still got to pay rent and stuff. Okay, get rid of your apartment, sublet it, crash on sofas, fly to that country. No, but I like my apartment. And there it is. I've heard that over and over and over again. When I was traveling the world and working for Vice, I was working for Vice. I had no apartment. I was sleeping on my friend's couch and I was saving all the money and sleeping on a couch because what I wanted more than anything was to travel around. And I didn't tell people I wanted. I literally just did it. And now I hear all the time, I really want to do what you do. Okay, get up early in the morning and work nonstop. 
work nonstop for three years, excuse me, with no days off. And then some people say either Tim's lying, it doesn't work that much, or they're saying, oh, but that's that's not, we we shouldn't have to do that. I don't care what you think you have to do. So let let, let, let me slow down right back, back to this story. If you live in this place and you claim it's bad and you don't want these things and you don't vote for them and you don't want to be there, I'm just going to say this. You clearly want to be there more than you want to leave. Yeah, but I have a house. Right. You clearly prefer having the house as opposed like you like having the house more than you hate the people destroying your city. It's that simple. You like living in the city more than you hate these people destroying your city. Because it ever got to a point where you were just like, I can't stand these people and I really don't want to be here anymore. And it, and that sentiment outweighed the love of your home and job and business. You would leave. So I tell you this, actions speak louder than words. Some people say, I can't leave. That's not true. It's not. You can walk out the door right now and just walk and live in the woods. And then some people say, but I have a family and kids. Yes, it's the same thing. You want to make sure your kids have a safe home and food and school more than you want to get them away from this environment. I'm not saying it's wrong to feel that way. I'm saying that a lot of people are like, but I have kids and I can't abandon, you know, blah, blah, blah in their school. Yes. When what you're really saying to me that is that you've laid all of these pieces out, pros and cons, and you've said it is better that my family is here in this Antifa city with constant riots and insane politics. It's better than leaving because then they might miss school. It'll be harder to feed them. You see the point? Too much in our society. Luxury is is desirable. It's desired. And I understand some people say feeding your kids isn't a luxury. Okay. Making sure, like knowing there's food for your kids is more desirable than keeping your kids away from psychotic politics and this and these threats and these riots. And I mean, that's like literally like it is you if you people are like, I'm not going to risk my kid's life. Okay, just stop and think about what that means. Like from a mathematical standpoint, if you were to quantify everything in your life with a positive or negative point, like plus one, minus one, then you would say as much as I don't like what's happening in my town, it is a net positive for my family and my children, because if we were to leave, it would be a net negative across the board for all of them. And I can't assume that risk. I can respect that's why you stay. I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm just saying you clearly prefer being there. That's it. And until people say until we get to the point where people are like, I have to leave because my children are at risk. That's when the city will truly fall apart. But for the time being, so long as people choose the luxury over, you know, uh, over standing up against Antifa, not, 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 not necessarily luxury, but like access to resources. I'll put it that way. Still kind of a lot luxury, though. The city will maintain itself. Antifa will grow worse. And either the police will finally do something or it'll stop. And then just it'll get it'll get too much. And then people will start leaving. And that's when the city falls apart. I wouldn't be surprised if we're at that point, because I know a lot of people who are fleeing these cities who are leaving, who don't want to be there. And, you know, I hear more and more stories every day. I get emails from people saying they don't want to they don't want to be involved in this. Now, look, the, the main point here is not to talk about you know your family and all that stuff. To talk about how they're calling this a protest, right? Let me jump to the next big breaking trending story here on the internet. Jimmy Dore interviewed the Boogaloo Boy, and boy is the our leftists and establishment leftists angry. Well, I should say actually, I think it's only the establishment leftists who are angry because Jimmy is—he's an actual leftist, but he's an honest one, and that's why you know we often agree on things. I consider myself to be more of like a left libertarian, center left, moderate type, but uh, Jimmy's definitely leftist. You know, Medicare for all, ban private healthcare, and all that stuff. But he's honest about his opinions. Who he interviews, so he interviews this guy, and we get this: Jimmy Dore says 
I interviewed a member of the Boogaloo Boys. I was completely floored when he said he was pro-LGBTQ, pro-Black Lives Matter, anti-police brutality, anti-racism, anti-ICE, anti-war. WTF? Radicalized Michigan anarchist seeks unity with the left. Why, could it be that, well, Jimmy said Boogaloo Boys, the Boogaloo Boys are not far right? But the media keeps saying they are. Uh, pretty sure pro-LGBT, pro-Black Lives Matter, uh, and, and protesting racism. So listen, the Boogaloo Boys came out and one person was wearing a Black Lives Matter sw- uh, sweater. One person had, a, uh, the guy speaking had a rainbow flag. They are not conservatives. They are not right wing. They are anarchists of all different ideological persuasion for the most part. I wonder why it is that the media keeps lying about what the Boogaloo Boys represent. It was Ryan Devereaux, a journalist, uh, I believe it's at The Intercept. He was previously with The Guardian. He said, I believe it was with The Guardian. He said that at, uh, at one of these protests, when the Proud Boys walked past the Boogaloo Boys, one of the Boogaloo Boys yelled that the Proud Boys were boot-licking statist cucks. I'm pretty sure being anti-Proud Boy, being pro-Black Lives Matter is not right-wing in any sense of the imagination. So how are these people now considered far-right? Vosh V says, Jimmy is a big fan of yours. This is a bad take. I'm confused as to what Vosh means. Count Dankula says, the actual views stated by a group are obviously a bad take, Vosh. I agree. We should get CNN's take on this first for truth. I'm not entirely sure what's a bad take about Jimmy Dore actually interviewing someone and hearing what they literally believe. But we live in a world now where Wikipedia, the opinions, opinions, not even facts, Wikipedia is now a tabloid. This is the craziest thing about Wikipedia. It used to be a a good faith attempt at aggregating information. Now it is a tabloid. Let me show you why. Boogaloo movement, says Wikipedia. Their adherents, and often referred to as Boogaloo Boys, is a loosely organized far-right, anti-government, and extremist political movement in the U.S. The movement has also been described as a militia. Boogaloo adherents say they are preparing for or seek to, to incite a second American civil war, which they call the Boogaloo. Boogaloo has been used on 4chan, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. The movement consists of pro-gun, anti-government groups. The specific ideology of each group varies and views on the topic, such as race, differ widely. Some are white supremacists or Nazis, groups who believe that the impending unrest will be a race war. There are also groups that condemn racism and white supremacy. Now, why, why did they call it far right? What about it makes, makes it far right? What does far right even mean? If some of these people are far left, what? It makes no sense. Here they say, adherents use Boogaloo, including variations, so as to avoid social media crackdowns to refer to violent uprising against the federal government or left-wing political opponents. If they're in favor of Black Lives Matter and they're calling the Proud Boys bootlicking statist cucks, how is, how is that rising up against the left? You see what this is? It's opinions. Opinions. Wikipedia has started aggregating opinion pieces from, from blogs and, and vlogs and listing them as fact. This is not what encyclopedia is ever supposed to be. And now Wikipedia has become a nonsensical tabloid. I mean, it, it really is just that case. When you have this, this disparate, shattered media ecosystem, Wikipedia can't function. Wikipedia thrives off of other people writing articles. But when a news organization says the Boogaloo Boys are far right, and their only justification is that a guy's wearing a tactical vest and a gun— that makes no sense because the left wears those too. Now, when, you, when we're talking about Antifa, they're typically dressed in all black. But there are still left-wing groups like you get John Brown Gun Club. They wear tactical vests and they walk around with guns as well. And people associate that with the far right. When the Boogaloo Boys, I think they were, I, I can't remember where they were. 
they went out to some state capital, I think it was in Virginia, and people were claiming that they were right wing militias and they were like, they're wearing Hawaiian shirts. What about that is far right? And they were like, no, they disavowed all of it. Clearly, the media is not interested in telling you the truth of the Boogaloo boys that, for one, I don't think it's fair to say, based on my research, that they're trying to incite a civil war more so that they think a civil war is inevitable. And thus, they are coming out and preparing for it, and they're, they are very anti-government. That's why they shake hands with Antifa. There's a video where the Boogaloo boys are shaking hands with Antifa, and the Antifa guy says, you stood with us today, and so, you know, we support you. And there's a, vi- and there's a post from a journalist where, where the Boogaloo boys call the Proud Boys boot-licking statist cucks. Is that left or right wing? Apparently, that's far right. They don't like Donald Trump. They protest Donald Trump, yet they're being told, we're being told they're far right. Here's why Jihad Ali says, well, good for Jimmy Dore. He found a profitable shtick for himself. Sucks for all the people who can't see through it. Also, Boogaloo boys are, a, are violent far right extremists whose members killed cops earlier this year. Wajahat is just another establishment tribalist. He doesn't care about telling you the truth. The truth is nuanced. There are probably some uh, Boogaloo boys who are violent and far right. I don't know how you define far right. We're talking about laissez-faire capitalism, I guess. Typically in the media, when they say far right, they mean ultra traditionalist and, and authoritarian. But the Boogaloo boys are anything but authoritarian. So much so, they're not even doing what Antifa does. Antifa claims to be anti-authoritarian, but they use violence to push their politics. Boogaloo boys don't even do that. Boogaloo boys are a bunch of like anti-government, ideologically left individuals. They're mostly anarchists, and they're probably economically right. So what is that? I don't know, libertarian, I guess? Generalist libertarian? All that matters, in my opinion, what I've seen from Boogaloo boys, these are people who think, a civil war is coming. And many of them probably do want it to happen. But the idea of the Boogaloo started as people saying, like, everything we were seeing was going to lead to a civil war. And they were calling it Boogaloo because the joke was uh, Civil War II, American Boogaloo. Like, you know, what's that? What's that movie? Uh, uh, I can't remember the name. Uh, Electric Boogaloo, whatever. I don't know. You get the point. We've talked quite a bit about that movie. So some people think they see some something coming. Uh, I, I'm actually uh, of the opinion that we are in the second civil war period. But let me explain. First, as I often preface this, because I know people like to t- take things out of context, this, this, this narrative of a civil war didn't originate with Boogaloo Boys or with me. It originated in mainstream media. And we read the media. It influences us. Then many people started talking about them. That they believe that we were on track for a civil war. I, following up from these articles, thought the same thing. When I say that we're in a civil war period, what I mean is, if right now everything stopped and we all came together and held hands under a rainbow, no one would say there was ever a civil war. They would say it was just political turmoil. But if this escalates into hot conflict more so than we've already seen because we already had people storm the Capitol, which is like, come on, like we're there. Okay. If, if it escalates from here, then people will claim the civil war started in 2015 with Donald Trump. They'll say, you know, the Civil War period, second Civil War period of America, you know, 2015, Donald Trump gets elected. And they might even go back to Occupy Wall Street and talk about the rise of critical race theory. So we are in a, a we are in Civil War territory when people storm into a Capitol building and many of them are yelling, this is our 1776 because they're crazy. We're there. Now, it doesn't need to go hot conflict. What people need to realize is that they keep trying to base everything off of what they've seen in movies or what they've read in books. 
You have to imagine the first time a war was fought with muskets, people were like, what is this? You know, we're used to fighting with like horse on horseback with plate mail and swords and bows and arrows. And then all of a sudden some dudes show up with cannons and musket fire and the musket balls are ripping through their plate armor. And it was like totally different from what they'd ever experienced. Now, because what we're seeing isn't shocking in your face, it is it is fourth and fifth generational warfare, fifth generational being pure propaganda. People don't understand what's happening. Wajahat Ali comes out and lies. Why? Well, let me, let me clarify. Or he's wrong. Perhaps he's lying. Perhaps he's wrong. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He wants to push a narrative. He doesn't want you to understand nuance or he doesn't understand it himself. And that's possible. That's the simple solution. Many of these people on the left have no idea what they're talking about. I think it's fair to say. So when you watch CNN and you're grossly misinformed because they're not interested in telling you the truth, they just want to make money. Well, there you go. You get a better deal with, say, the New York Times, right? So I'll tell you this. One thing I've been focused on very heavily is setting up TimCast.com for memberships. Why? So I don't have to worry about getting banned or anything like that. And I can just say what needs to be said. I've maintained that for some time. There are a few subjects YouTube will outright ban me on for discussing. It doesn't really impact me because I'm a bit too milk toast for that anyway. But there is a name I can't say, and I have had videos taken down. So we're trying to create a subscription platform at TimCast.com where you can get access to behind-the-scenes content, more fun stuff, and, and, you know, uncensored discussions on certain issues. And it appears to be going really well, so thank you to everybody. This is the point. CNN and many of these companies rely desperately on building audience, on convincing you that you need to watch them. Why? To sell ads. And if you don't watch, they don't make money. Now, the New York Times is still pretty bad, but not the worst, but they're pretty bad. The the worst would be like, you know, Vox and CNN. The New York Times operates primarily on subscription now, which gives them some more leeway, but they're still worried about publishing a story that would offend their members and then losing members. That's probably because they're a massive corporation and they have to pay employees. Timcast is not so big. I do have a decent amount of employees here, but we, we had a session where, you know, we had Dave Smith and Luke Rutkowski just rag on Donald Trump for like 45 minutes. And I would say I was, I ragged on Trump about half as hard as they did and defended him a little bit. We did a segment where it was me and Luke uh, it was it was Luke and Ian arguing that Trump was corrupt and me and Jack Murphy arguing that Trump isn't actually that bad, but he does have problems. You know, not 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 a completely staunch defense of Trump. We we're trying to be honest, but you're going to hear all of this like Luke's on the show and Luke rags on Trump all the time. I'm not here to placate anybody. I'm here for honest opinions and for facts and to help you understand what's going on. Some people want to hear nothing but praise for, the, for Donald Trump, but nobody deserves nothing but praise. So when you when you follow someone like Jimmy Dore, and he tells you, we want these left wing things. We like these politicians, but these politicians are bad. I trust him. When you follow someone like Wajahat Ali, who gives you a plastic generic take, Boogaloo boy's bad. Don't look into him at all. And he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just another part of this tribalist establishment structure that wants to prop up the Democrats and mainstream media to make money. I think if you watch Jimmy Dore, you're going to get a heterodox opinion. And that, in my opinion, is more important. Clearly, watching someone like me, I'm a fairly moderate individual, slightly left-wing on a lot of uh, political and social issues. That's right. I've long maintained the, the, the bakery thing, make the, make the cake and, and the customize the message. I've always had fairly traditionally liberal positions, but it's very heterodox in that I think the left has gone insane. 
I think people like Wajad Ali are bad people. I think that there's a lot of leftists who are faking it and lying and just trying to skew whatever they can to fit their narrative instead of supporting an ideology. And then I see Jimmy Dore and Jimmy Dore also heterodox calls out the Democrats all day, but has left wing political opinions further, further, you know, uh, to the left than I do. You can tell when someone's being honest, when their takes are following principles and not tribes. But I digress. You know, this is all about, uh, uh, you know, what was happening in, with the protests. So the last thing I'll mention, and we'll sign off on this one. You've got Antifa marching through the streets, and they're still being called protesters once again. And this is Biden's America. Is the media going to come out and say it's Biden's fault? Is Biden going to deploy the troops? Let me give you one last thought on this. Tom Cotton came out and said, send in the troops when there was ongoing riots across this country. And the New York Times, like, forced a guy, he was, for, he was basically fired for publishing. It was outrage. They apologized. But, Whoa, no. But we, and everyone was furious. Don't you send in the military to stop riots? Now I have people like Vosh who defended 25,000 National Guard being deployed to Washington, D.C. because of the right wing riots. How weird is it? <laughs> Look, if you want to send in the military because there's riots, I got no problem. When the National Guard got deployed to, to D.C., I said, wow, look at that. The National Guard's being deployed. When they upped it from a few hundred to 25,000 armed authorized to kill, I was like, whoa, I wouldn't support that even in, in the Pacific Northwest. And what I said about Tom Cotton's call was, what would they even do? That would probably create a lot of problems. So if someone's going to stand on principle, you will hear them do it. Many of these leftists don't. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. This job is not easy. A lot of people seem to think that it is, that you can just start a YouTube channel and be successful, but it's not. Every day I'm reading news about how crazy things are, and the news is often extremely negative. We have a story, the big story, the one you clicked on. Son tipped off FBI about his father, who is charged in Capitol riot. I put my, ocean, my emotions behind me to do what I thought was right, said Jackson Reffitt who weeks before the siege alerted the FBI that his father was planning something big. That in and of itself is questionable, but questionable, not absolute. A lot of people are saying he should never have turned in family, and I don't completely agree. I think sometimes we have to make hard decisions. If you've got a family member talking about doing something extreme or violent, maybe you should let people know unless they hurt somebody just because their family doesn't give them a free pass. But we do still want to protect family to a certain degree, and maybe he could have just talked to his father and helped his father calm down. Maybe we shouldn't be rushing to the authority to deal with people who are upset, depressed, angry, or have negative opinions. I'll tell you where things get bad. This kid raised $100,000 off of this story. He launched a GoFundMe, and we are seeing this more and more. A young woman who snitched on her parents, or her mom, I believe, because she saw her mom at the Capitol riot, also raised tens of thousands of dollars. And that's where things just get truly despicable. And, this, and, and it shows you that the real challenge in this political landscape that we have. A lot of people are saying the culture revolution is here. Children are turning in their parents one by one, and they're making money for it. You see, the political clash that we're dealing with in this country is actually a cultural clash. And that's why we call it the culture war, culture war for the longest time. Because what's happening is you actually have a large portion of this country that firmly believes the right thing to do is to snitch on your neighbor, on your parent, and make money doing it. That's the scary thing. The left is very collectivist. If you support the tribe, they pay you. The right has this as well, but it's not nearly as pronounced. 
But I'll tell you why it's it, this, this job is so difficult reading these stories. I've been watching over the past several years of things have only gotten worse. I have some people who message me periodically saying things like, all you do is talk about the negative and I can't take it anymore. And I'm like, yeah. So what do we do? Do I not tell you this is happening? Do I instead just focus on filming bunnies and puppies and kitties and being positive? It's hard because there is to an extent the fact that we keep talking about it. It it creates the culture around us. It's what we focus on. It's very difficult to watch as things get crazier and crazier, and there's nothing that we can do about it. So there's a couple of things that I've tried to do because, like I said, this job isn't easy. People are, are, are look, I get people complaining all the time about a variety of things, people who don't agree with me, people who are mad at me, people who want to ban me, all that stuff all day is endless streams of negativity. But I'm resilient. I am not going to bow or collapse due to the weight of angry opinions in, you know, in this world and targeted at me. It's not even really about me. I'm not trying to make it seem as such. But it isn't easy when you have large groups of people who are just yelling nonstop. Twitter is particularly bad and has made this problem particularly worse. The reason this young man was able to raise $100,000 was because he tweeted it. And then a bunch of just fringe, unhappy people love the idea of this of the of this political culture war or whatever and then have shared around the GoFundMe link supporting this effort. I can't say I blame them. They want to provide resources to those who embolden their ideology. I think the sad reality is this culture war is a cold civil war. It has gotten hot in many circumstances and you are stuck in it. We are stuck in it. It's not going away. There is no solution. I've had people message me saying, why don't you get active and help people solve the problem? What? How? What are we supposed to do? We remain positive. We focus on the issues. We pay attention to it. And we express our ideas and we express ourselves as to why we think it was wrong that this individual is making money off ratting out his dad. Now, let me just stress. If you have a family member who is plotting something extreme, it's not so cut and dry to just be like, you can't send in your family. Nah, uh uh-uh. Mm -mm. I don't care who you are. If you're planning on hurting somebody, I'm going to stop you. Maybe he could have, like I said, talked to his father or otherwise. The problem is that the, the social media culture built around this Jackson Referent College Fund. He's, tra- he's asking them for a hundred grand and he's getting it already at ninety six thousand five hundred and four dollars. That's just disgusting. The most despicable and disturbing uh, development in this psychotic culture that we are building. Say something inflammatory, say something insane, and then get money for it. This dude is your definition of a grifter. It's, 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 it's so difficult. It really is just to see how twisted and vile the political landscape is becoming. We recently have some, we have some more news too, and I'll, I probably should just read, read through all of this, but we have a, a, uh, Senator Portman, Republican Senator from Ohio, He's not going to be running and running for reelection in 2022 because of just how insane everything has gotten. The political polarization. Here's what he says. We live in an increasingly polarized country where members of both parties are being pushed further to the right and further to the left. And that means too few who are actively looking to find common ground. This is a tough time to be in public service. That's 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 saying a lot. I mean, he's he's right. He's 100 percent right. As the divide gets worse and worse. I found myself struggling to maintain uh, this 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 YouTube channel and you know building the new website. 
For those who aren't familiar, we launched TimCast.com. Let me, let me explain something to you. I, I'm sorry to do this. You know, I, I want to talk about this guy, but this is weighing on me pretty heavily. TimCast.com has a new membership function, and there's, there's a lot of reasons why we did this. And I want to explain to you some of the most important. For one, censorship is a real issue. As this hyperpolarization and, and, and psycho grifting expands, where there are people just desperate to ban someone and pu- publish their GoFundMe, there's a real risk that we will cease to exist. And so by going to TimCast.com, becoming a member, and this is a promo, by the way, I'm telling you this now, it is part of this story. You can help us stop from, from being banned and you can become a member. There's exclusive content. If you have any issues signing up, just email members at TimCast.com. But there's another reason why we are launching this website. There are a lot of people who are unsubscribing from my channels. They're angry. They don't like me. And they've said that I should have been 100% behind Trump all the way with the election fraud claims and all that stuff. And I don't do that. I tell you the truth to the best of my abilities. The left accuses me of lying all the time. And the right typically says they think I'm honest, but I, they disagree with me on many issues. Now, as I've predicted, there are many on the right saying I'm wrong and a cock and a shill and a sellout. A lot of conspiracy theory types because I won't tell them what they want to hear. And that's the other part of the problem. When the truth is on your side, you support it because people want to believe they want to have their biases confirmed. I've long said I would never do that. I'm going to tell you what I think is true to the best of my abilities. I'm going to express my opinions on this. Many people are posting on Twitter that this guy who read on his dad is it's called culture revolution. It's communism. It was wrong. I disagree. I disagree. Like I've already said it twice now. Okay, sometimes you got to do hard, hard choices. What I don't agree with is him raising money off of it. My concern is, you know, I've, I've experienced this occupy, with Occupy Wall Street and now with many on the right. They'll support me so long as the truth is on their side and I'm confirming it. And then they'll toss me aside and say my content is garbage and I'm wrong and I'm a shill and I sold out. And now I'm hearing much of that on the other side. It makes it very difficult to exist in this political space, but I've been doing it for a long time. So I can see what is being said and what and, you know, what I need to do to make sure those that are intellectually honest who even disagree with me and think I'm wrong are still willing to hear what I have to say. There will always be a safe uh, space where I can support this work and keep doing it. But ultimately, this story really, when I saw this, was like a smack in the face with a baseball bat. That's what it felt like. I don't know what we do. I've gotten messages from people saying, but what do we do about it? You, you, you make these videos, Tim, and you tell us about these problems. And that's all we hear day after day. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. The latest video we have on TimCast.com is Alex Jones waking up Luke Rudkowski in his RV, and it's silly, and we're laughing, and it's nothing to do with politics, and that's kind of what I want to do and to focus on. But there are a lot of people that want me to just dig in and go to war and be negative, and there are a lot of people that want me to stop being negative, and it is nightmarish because there is no solution to the conflict we are facing. The best thing I think we can do is try and produce something positive, upbeat, and different. And that's what we're going to do. Stories like this, the reason I said this was a smack in the face with a baseball bat, is uh, figuratively, is because what this kid has just done is so despicable and disgusting and twisted, making a hundred grand off of ratting out his dad. This is the incentive for people to become unhinged lunatics. The people who have long said, this movie is racist, donate to my Patreon. Yes, I know. Right there with all of you, aren't I? Producing content where I say that something is bad, here's what I don't like, and then if you want to support my work, here's where you can do it. Everyone is doing something like that. 
There's no there's no easy solution. But I'll tell you one thing. If there's somebody who wants to say, if you like my opinions, you can subscribe and support my work. Okay, I, I, I respect and expect that I do the same thing. This is different. This is the person taking that step forward. This is the escalation in the chaos. It's one thing if someone says, I'm gonna make a YouTube video and tell you how I feel. And if you support my work, you can donate and I'll keep doing it. And that's acceptable to me. You got to watch out for the people that are willing to lie to you in order to get that money. And there's a lot of them. And boy, were they proven wrong with this past election. There's a lot of people who are who have complained about uh, calls to send in the military into, into Portland and then cheered for the National Guard in D.C. Isn't that amazing? That's grifting. Those are, grif- those are grifters. But you know what? If you want to su- support this opinion, this opinion's fine. What we're seeing now is people are finding more and more ways to use politics and destruction and negativity to make more and more money. What this kid did was so far beyond the line, I don't even know where to start. Let me read you some of the story and actually just tell you what's going on. The New York Times says, two days after the Capitol riot on January 6th, Jackson Reffitt's father, Guy W. Reffitt, returned to, his, to the family home in Texas. He told his son that he had stormed the Capitol, according to an FBI affidavit. Then his father leveled a threat that if his son reported him to the police, he would have no choice but to do his duty for his country and do what he had to do. He said, if you turn me in, you're a traitor. And you know what happens to traitors? Traitors get shot. But he had already reported his father to the FBI weeks before the riot. Quote, he would always tell me that he was going to do something big. The young Mr. Reffitt said in a phone interview on Saturday, I assume that he was going to do something big and I didn't know what. Guy Reffitt, uh, Guy Reffitt's wife, told investigators after the riot that he was a member of the three percenters, a far right militia group, according to the affidavit. FBI agents found an AR-15 rifle and a pistol at his home. The elder Mr. Reffitt told investigators they had bought the pistol, with, brought the pistol with him to Washington. Jackson Reffitt said he learned that his father was headed to Washington the day before the riot, but that he did not know what he would be doing there. He discovered what was happening when he saw images of rioters storming the Capitol on the news. It was not clear what, if anything, the FBI did after Mr. Reffitt first contacted the FBI about his father. Federal investigators contacted him during the riots to follow up on his tip from weeks earlier, at which point he said, he helped prove what they were trying to investigate. Mr. Reffitt said he had just wanted someone to know about his father's threats of doing something big. I didn't know what he was going to do, so I just did anything possible to be on the safe side. The elder Mr. Reffitt, who was arrested on January 16th, faces charges of obstruction of justice and knowingly entering a restricted building or grounds without lawful authority. He could not be reached on Sunday, and it was not immediately clear whether he had a lawyer. The FBI was not immediately available for comment on Sunday. Mr. Reffitt said he was unsure if his father knew yet that he had reported him to the authorities. I'm afraid for him to know, he said, not for my life or anything, but for what he might think. But he said he was hopeful that his relationship with his father could be repaired. We'll get better over time, he said. I know we will. He said his mother and two sisters had no idea what I had done until they saw a CNN interview he did with Chris Cuomo. I want you to think about the depravity of this, the pravity of this. This young man, he had to make a hard choice. And I can respect that it's a hard choice. But he goes on TV. He goes on TV to do interviews about it. That's not acceptable. He then posts on Twitter. Here's here's a GoFundMe. You know, I didn't want to do it, but everyone said I should. Congratulations, buddy. You've become famous for ratting out your father. You've monetized destroying your family. Look, if you have to make a hard call, keep it to yourself. Keep it to your family. And let the law, let law enforcement do what must be done if there's someone plotting something crazy. Think about what would you, what you would have to do if your dad was Antifa. 
I know a lot of people might not relate. No, what if your dad was Antifa and you heard him talk, you heard him talking about setting up Molotovs and doing something crazy. You'd be like, dude, stop. Maybe you could talk to him. And if that didn't work, you'd have to call the authorities and say this. My, my dad is going crazy. You'd have to do it. But then to go on TV, to monetize it, to brag about the destruction of your family and, and, and then make money off of it. Wow. That's all I can really, really say. We have this from Phil that remains. Article V Convention of States, please, is his name. This is Phil from All That Remains, says the cultural revolution in America begins in earnest. You can't make this S up. This this kid who reported his dad said, yes, I'm the kid on CNN. I'm sorry I probably won't get around to responding to everyone. My mom and my sisters are absolutely ruined about the news from what I did. This is the first they are hearing about my involvement in my dad's arrest. Please send them love in any form. Since everyone asked, here is the GoFundMe I threw together. Thank you guys. Seriously. I completely understand and I actually agree. All cops are bad. I like to think the federal government are something different, though. But I get it. It's all a part of the same orchard. All cops are bad, but let me call them on my dad. Amazing. Maybe he should have talked to his mom and his sister. Maybe they should have had a family intervention. Maybe we shouldn't be relying on the FBI and the intelligence agencies and the, and the police and the government to deal with family members who are losing it. Maybe. Maybe I don't have all the answers for you. Maybe I've always just been some dude complaining about his feelings on the internet. And I'm wrong probably a whole lot. Well, I know for a fact I'm wrong a whole lot. I think I tend to be right on a lot of things. I think most people do. But I think the fact that I've been able to, you know, just throughout the past decade, be successful with what I'm doing, I must be, I must be pl- like seeing something, you know, right. Or maybe it's just the willingness to do hard work. I've long said ye- for years now, that I understand that the content I produce is a contributing factor to the culture war, and there may not be a solution to it. I'm not going to stop expressing my opinions because people on the left or the right don't like it. I'm not going to pander to the left or the right in order to make someone like it. But there are many people that do. Now, I understand I've been ragging on Democrats a whole lot. And you know what? Thankfully, I've been proven right. The left doesn't like to admit when I am right. They like to pull out the things where I'm wrong. But I've never claimed to be a prophet. I've never claimed to be able to predict the future. I just tell you what I think may or may not happen, and I get it wrong a lot. But sometimes I get it right. Often I get it right. A lot of the big picture stuff we've seen over the past several years, I've gotten right. And some people don't want to hear it. And it's not just the left. It's people on the right as well. There's a lot of Q people who are attacking me and ragging on me and calling me a shill because they want to believe something about gold fringe flags and March 4th. that's just not going to happen. And I won't lie to you and say it is. It's sad. There are a lot of people who feel they have no power in their lives, no control. And so they will latch onto anything to make it feel like they are still on a path with some control of their lives. And this is where things get crazy. When you see the absurdity, the insanity of what's happening now with the political hyperpolarization, with Beto O'Rourke saying Ted Cruz is guilty of sedition. We feel powerless. What can we do? There's some things we can do. Depends on what you want to happen. For me, I'll tell you what I want to happen. I want people to get along. I want sustainability. I want better, better living for everyone. I want people to have health care. I want people to have clean energy. I want the earth to heal. I want all of these good things the left often claims they support, but they don't really. Some of them do. And I like the ones that do. And I support the ones that do. I like people like Jimmy Dore. I think there's some criticisms of Crystal Ball I've heard recently, but I still think she's good. I think Kyle Kalinske is, is, a, is a good person as well. I like them both. All three of them, I think, are good people. 
I disagree with them on policy issues, uh, on, on implementation, I should say. But I think most of us agree with getting people good health care and better living and sustainability and environmentalism. It's just we don't know exactly how to get there. And thus we find ourselves, for the most part, fighting. And the reality is the people who are engaged in the worst of the fighting, I think, have no intention of making this country better. So this is why I do like Kyle Kalinske, Jimmy Dore, say Crystal Ball, just to throw out some names. Because I do think they want to make things better, and I think they're willing to engage in good faith in order to do so. But you take a look at some of these personalities who would attack, say, Jimmy Dore, who would attack people like me, and then would just inflame tensions. The people who firmly believe that Q is real and that I'm a corporate shill for saying it's not. The people on the left who say that I'm far right. What their goal, their goal is to make content to rally up and make you angry and attack the other for the sake of getting clicks and traffic. I won't do that. I'll give you my honest opinion, but I'll try to always point out the things I like about people, praise them when they do well, because the very, at the very least, we, we, you have to do something. Look, we're going to constantly have conversations about things we don't like. We're going to have con- conversations about the things we want to change. And typically, these stories are negative, which is also why I'm focusing on we're, we're trying to get this vlog set up. We have the website set up. We, we posted a clip, like I mentioned, of Alex Jones, you know, just horsing around, waking up Luke Rutkowski, just totally not political. We're going to have more segments like that. Some people don't like it. Some people want the fight. I don't. The fight's here. I want things to be chill. I want us to have, you know, uh, arguments in, in a sense. I guess you can call it the fight. But no, we, we argue our ideas. The Internet now is dominated by people who would sell out their own father for $100,000. Uh, or, or a child who would sell out her own mother for $40,000. That's how insane things are going to become. So maybe, maybe Phil is right. It's a culture revolution, but it's not the same as it was in, in communist China. They did it out of sheer tribalistic absurdity. This, what we're seeing are people pretending to be socialists while they actually, you know, represent the worst of capitalism. Socialism is supposed to be that, you know, everyone is provided for, you know, just get money and become wealthy, getting a hundred grand because you threw your dad in a gulag. And the worst of capitalism is not supposed to be selling your family members for money. These people are far from socialist in any honest sense of the word. And they're, they're not a good representation of capitalism. They're the worst representation of capitalism or socialism. Political power for profit, political power for access to resources. And it's being emboldened every day. Beto O'Rourke saying Ted Cruz is guilty of sedition is psychotic. Of course he's not. You want to complain about Ted Cruz and Hawley, you know, objecting to the vote? It's in the Constitution that they can do this. What's your real complaint? AOC, Cory Bush, Beto O'Rourke, they are just inflaming tensions. Why? It gets them traffic. It gets them clicks. They're building political careers off of it. You want to argue about Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz are uh, uh, objecting to the, the votes? Because it also panders to their base. Perhaps that's true. Rand Paul recently came out and complained not about fraud, but about impropriety, about state uh, uh, legislatures, state legislatures not having a say in the law changes and the rule changes for those elections. That's a real complaint. So if Hawley and Ted Cruz want to have an objection about that, I find that constitutional. What are they going to do? Just roll over? To come back out and claim it's sedition is a psychotic escalation. Ted Cruz and others came out and called for unity after the storming of the, uh, of the Capitol. And AOC and Cory Bush and many others said no. Said no. They don't want unity. They want to make money. They're the grifters. I don't, I don't want to tell you, man, you know, this is just, it's, 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 it's untenable, I suppose. Look, I, I, I know how to make things work. I know how to solve problems. I know how to build systems. 
I've done it all my life from building computers to starting companies. And for the most part, there's been an upward trajectory of success in what I've been building. When I've been looking at this problem of the, 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 what what did Biden call it? The uncivil war, the culture war and the escalation. I've long maintained, I don't see a solution. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not here to lie to you or be pessimistic on purpose. I just don't. And what I mean by that is, look, Filter remains his, his name on Twitter, uh, article five convention. Many people are calling for an Article 5 convention where the states convene over the Constitution and then peacefully divorce. Perhaps that's the only solution. Perhaps it's how you do it. But to be realistic, you're never going to have two thirds of the states agree to any of this. It's just not going to happen. We can try. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I'm looking at the pieces and I'm looking at the math. I'm looking at the formulas and here's what I think may or may not happen. You know, a lot of people like to say, oh, oh, Tim called a 49 state landslide for Trump, but I didn't. I said, if Trump does certain things, if Antifa does certain things, we could potentially see this, especially before COVID, when we saw actually from Moody's, their Moody's analytics <clears throat> actually gave us a scenario. If the Democrats don't turn out and the economy remains strong, Trump would see historic, you know, uh, electoral votes. But it's it, but, but it's not about hypotheticals. It's about hard predictions. And I've been saying since you know 2017 or 18 that this is escalating. It got to the point where they storm, you know, people stormed the Capitol, uh, the Capitol building. And for some reason, there are still people who either deny that it's happening in front of us or they claim it's my fault for saying it was going to happen. I don't care. Look, let me just tell you guys, if you really like what I do and if you if you find value in what I'm doing, then you can go to TimCast.com and become a member. And it's greatly appreciated. If you don't and you think I'm bad and you want to unsubscribe, by all means, please do so. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm going to tell you what I really think. And I think our system is falling apart. I think young people have found a way to make money selling their family to the state. I think politicians have found a way to gain support and make money by using the worst and most extreme language and riling up their base into psychosis. I, 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 I do not want to play that game. But I recognize when I, when I see Ted Cruz say unity and Beto O'Rourke say sedition and AOC and Corbusier say resign, I say, OK, what am I supposed to do here? Who's really at fault? They claim Lauren Boebert's a terrorist and all this other crazy nonsense, and it's just patently absurd. I think what we're seeing is, you know, Donald Trump found a way to demagogue, and he really did. And the left followed suit perfectly. But the left followed suit 10 times as, as much as Trump did. You see, on the right, people followed Trump. On the left, it's collectivists. They follow all these different priests of critical race theory. Now you have AOC filling the gap for Trump, demagoguing, and that's going to lead to chaos. So how do we find that solution? I honestly don't know. One thing I can tell you, Joe Biden has proven to be exactly what I thought he was going to be. And many on the left are shocked to discover now that he's blocking uh, price reduction for drugs, that there's there's some. Uh, well, it's disputed right now, but some are saying that he's he's bolstering our troops in Syria already. Well, uh, some sites are saying it's a fa- it's a lie. It's a lie. The troops are already there. We'll see. But Joe Biden shutting down Keystone, moratorium on oil, uh, unions are freaking out. It's it's pure Biden regret. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like Biden is everything everyone thought he was going to be, but he is banning fracking, (laughs) at least a moratorium for new fracking for now. Yeah, that's banning fracking. So a lot of people don't seem to realize what they got themselves into. They think a return to normal is going to be like some fairy tale utopian world that never existed. 
What's really going to happen is that over these past four years, five years, people have become so entrenched in politics that once they start seeing what Biden is really about, their heads are going to explode. The left is going to erupt and it's going to be fury and rage. And the right's going to be right there with them because the right doesn't like Biden either. The left voted for Barack Obama and they went mostly dormant, ignoring the horrifying things he did. Donald Trump made many on the left angry. Well, I should say the media made many on the left angry about Trump and mostly lies. And now you have Biden going in and doing exactly what we knew he would do much to the shock and confusion of many on the left. Surprise, surprise, we were right. What do you think these leftists are going to do when they realize they're being ignored and shunned and they were used? They're going to snap. I'll leave it there, man. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast, a different channel from this one, and I will see you all then.